Welcome to the Matt Packafee podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Adam. And I am Andrew. Welcome back. Um, today, uh, what we're going to bring to you guys is just a little bit of trade evaluation for our Dynasty League, just to kind of give you an idea of uh, some of the trades that have gone down in the Dynasty League that we're in. And also just as you guys might be going um, and processing trades in your own leagues, what's kind of fair? Does anybody get taken advantage of and what might you be looking for when evaluating trades uh, going into your Dynasty League? Yeah, exactly. Um, we are gearing up for the season to start, and we have had four um, trades, four main trades that have gone down so far uh, in this season. So we're just going to break each one down, look at who got what, and then we're also going to look at what position did that put um, this team into, both on the, on the sending side and the receiver, who won the trade, and also maybe what was going on in the uh, owners, the, the team owners' heads as they were um, weighing this out. So to start this out, <clears throat> we are going to look at a trade for Cortland Sutton. Um, team A received a first-round pick, the, the number four pick overall in our rookie draft this year. And then Team B received Cortland Sutton and a third-round pick this year. Adam, what do you think about this one? This is um, kind of an interesting trade here. So um, the 104 pick was what Team A received. So this year, if we were to look um, at our uh, who would be available at the 104, so really what it was is uh, the person traded away Cortland Sutton and a third-round pick in order to get C.D. Lamb um, or – Possibly so, J.K. Dobbins, Jerry Judy, Cam Akers. Right. That Some, was about the range that, you'd be getting. Right, yep, exactly. Um, and so uh, you really got to uh, say to yourself, I mean, is it really worth it to get a C.D. Lamb, it's J.K. Dobbins, to Jerry Judy um, over Cortland Sutton? I mean, it'd be, uh, be kind of funny to trade Cortland Sutton for Jerry Judy uh, because they're both going to be on the same team. And Cortland Sutton has already – um, really solidified himself as a number one, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, so I guess it comes down to uh, right there. I'll let you kind of take it away, Andrew, if you want to give some, some thought on that. Yeah. The other thing that I'm looking at now is team a has Michael Thomas and Devonte Adams as their one, two in receiver. And then going down um, to more of their like backup guys, they have Deshaun Jackson, Brashard Perryman, uh, Tyrell Williams. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that that also kind of factored into the decision-making. Team A was like, well, I have two of the best receivers, if not the two best receivers, going into this season. So at the best, um, Cortland is just going to be sitting on my bench, maybe a flex player, depending on, um, you know, matchups. So <clears throat> I'm sure that kind of factored in too, where he's like, I can I can give away Sutton because I'm not going to miss him a ton. And I can maybe go get one of the top three or four running backs to, you know, maybe shore up uh, my RB2 situation or to get an all-star flex player. Mm -hmm. I don't know. My, my philosophy is starting to change, um, I guess, when I'm looking at, at picks of that. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see just how many good running backs come out of – these rookie drafts. Um, but 
would you think that maybe more than three running backs are going to be really worth very much coming out of this draft, Andrew? Yeah, I, I really don't know. Um, I think I think that most teams already kind of have a good running back situation, especially in the uh, the teams that we're looking at for these rookies. The one notable exception to that is going to be uh, the Chiefs, obviously, with Edwards Hilaire and him mm-hmm. being, you know, the premier back this year. Um, but most of these other guys are kind of going into crowded backfields already. And that's not to say that they can't be a starter or that they won't be. Um, but it, it definitely makes the pick a little more risky. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. I just I, – looking at Team A, he has Aaron Jones and David Johnson as a starting two running backs. Um, his flex is currently – empty because he uh, dropped Darius Geis with um, his off-field stuff. So he, he, he may be putting in like a Carlos Hyde or um, like a Jackson or something like that for that flex spot. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like he needs to draft a, a young running back, though, over mm-hmm. like a Jerry Judy or a C.D. Lamb at the four spot just because he has receiver taken care of for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he can, he can draft a receiver next year. Yeah. But I think he actually has a pick later in the first round as well. Mm. Uh, I wonder if he's going to try to trade up higher than his, uh, his current four and I think his nine spot is where he's at yeah. later on to try to get up higher. Possibly, I guess, part of my, my thinking is that if you're going to be trading into the first round of a draft, you should be trying to get at least a top three pick in order to get a running back that will be a stud, um, or maybe the top two at least there, because the other guys after that point aren't going to have an immediate impact role by any means if they ever even have a big role. Um, so, for instance, J.K. Dobbins, um, he might have a role in Baltimore, um, but maybe he will never become a number one running back. Uh, same with Cam Akers in Los Angeles, or, I mean, we could go down the list and look at a whole bunch of other running backs, but um, to me, I don't know. If he's looking for a running back, I think he should have tried to trade up for earlier. So I would say, honestly, uh, whoever traded for Car- Cortland Sutton probably won that trade, in my opinion. I would agree, and especially when you look at um, Team B's uh, wide receivers. His starting wide receivers are Julian Edelman and Chris Godwin, and he has Amari Cooper in the flex. Now, Julian Edelman, Chris Godwin are fantastic receivers, but Edelman especially is getting up there in age. He has a new quarterback coming in with a new system. So Cortland Sutton is a good fit for this team because he wanted a young receiver that's going to be good in the league and you know maybe take over that wide receiver one position for mm-hmm. the next couple of years. So I agree. I think team B won this trade. Obviously um, team A is happy with it because they made it. I actually know both of these people and I know that team A is the one that initiated this trade um, and was, is, was pushing hard for it. So clearly that everyone is happy with it, which is what you want in a trade. But I think in, from a from an outside objective point of view, it looks like Team B may be coming out a little bit ahead on this. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the second trade. And the second trade was actually between Andrew and myself. Um, right. That's right. You and I made a deal. 
we made the deal. So this will be interesting to talk about and have some hindsight on and see if there really was a clear winner uh, between the two. So um, I uh, had James Conner on my team, and I traded James Conner, um, my seventh overall pick in the first round, and my seventh uh, pick in the second round for Allen Robinson, wide receiver from Chicago, and then a third-round pick, um, the, eighth, uh, the eighth pick in the third round, and Kendrick Bourne, a wide receiver from San Francisco, was also thrown into the deal as so, well. So, so why, don't, why don't you walk us through your thought process on this, Adam, and, um, <laughs> and like wh- why you chose who you did, why you chose who you gave up, and then I'll do the same thing on my end, and then we can kind of grade it from there. Absolutely. I was the person that initiated this trade. Um, and so I started out, um, my, my running back core that I have is for the starters, very, very strong. I have Christian McCaffrey and Miles Sanders, um, as starting running backs on my team. And so, um, in my opinion, having James Connor there is kind of an option for my flex spot who I probably wasn't going to be playing every single week. I was looking at him as an asset that I could trade away um, in order to gain something that I needed. Um, And so my wide receiver court was an area that I wanted to upgrade. I just have some young, young wide receivers um, that are sometimes inconsistent. And I wanted to get somebody that was still young, but also um, had proven themselves as being somebody that's been fantasy relevant and consistent, even when things around them were very, very tough. So, um, a lot of people don't know that Allen Robinson the second was, I believe the seventh overall um, finishing um, wide receiver in fantasy last year for PPR. Um, and so that was somebody that I was wanting to target and try to um, get onto my team. And so I offered James Connor as um, one of my, my initial pieces to Andrew because he wanted to get some depth at running back. Um, I offered my one uh, seven, my seventh overall pick in the first round, and my two seven to Andrew as well. And then Andrew had offered back um, Kendrick Bourne in his uh, third round pick. So I wanted to give uh, those options. I wasn't really happy with um, who would be available at seven overall in the rookie draft. Um, so at seven overall, um, I believe you'd be looking at Jalen Rager or Justin Jefferson or Henry Ruggs um, or even Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, who plays in Indianapolis. Um, I don't think that any of those guys are going to be a seventh overall um, finisher in fantasy football for a while. Um, and uh, I, I uh, think that Allen Robinson's situation is going to improve from last year where he had atrocious quarterback play with Mitchell Trubisky. I think that um, Nick Foles will play better this year if he gets a starting job or Nick, Mitch Trubisky has to play better this year if he's going to be the starter. Um, so I think that Allen Robinson is going to be a good player this year and for years to come. Um, and that was why I decided to choose for him. And I think this is honestly a very even trade for uh, what I was needing and what Andrew is needing as well. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm with you. Um, unfortunately for Adam, I did know that Allen Robinson, the second, was the number eight overall receiver in PPR last year. So I was not going to just let him go for, for nothing. Um, but, but as you said, I needed a little bit of depth in running back at the time. Uh, I had Alvin Kamara 
as my RB1. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was RB2. And then I was, I was switching back and forth between Eckler and Bell as my number two um, running back. And then my flex was just a toss-up on whoever was going to have the best um, matchups that week with um, the other guys on my bench. So I needed a little bit of depth at running back. I was okay in the wide receiver I have, Adam Thielen. Mike Evans are uh, <clears throat> holding down the one and two spot for me. And then I have a, I have a lot of younger players who um, showed a ton of promise last year and I think are going to have an even bigger um, year this year. Um, examples would be Deontay Johnson and Pitt, Preston Williams in Miami, who's coming back off of that torn um, ACL. Is that what it was? He tore something in his knee and he's coming back. Yeah, I can't and then, remember. And then um, Darius Slayton is another guy up in um, New York. All guys who showed promise and had some really good games, but they were, they were rookies. So, you know, you're not, you're not expecting them to absolutely dominate every single week. Everyone knows that wide receivers take a year or two to year or two, maybe three to kind of <clears throat> get their feet under them, learn the system, learn the routes, how to get separation on NFL um, caliber backs. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with those guys going in and uh, to this year on my, coming off my bench. So I was okay with letting Robinson go for the right price. Um, and James Conner was good depth for me. Um, even though I've, <clears throat> I've now dealt him in another deal that we'll, t we'll get to in a couple minutes. Um, he, was, he was good depth for me at the time, and I would have been happy going into the season with him. And then I really wanted the seventh round pick um, just because I also have the eighth round pick this year. So I was, I was primed to have two picks back to back at the rookie level. Um, and, you know, I was looking at, um, you know, a Jalen. Um, someone in that in that range maybe picking up like a CD Lamb or a Judy if the first four or five guys that go are all running backs, because um, that's that's kind of how when we did our rookie draft last week that's how it went down. Um, <clears throat> Judy and and Lamb were the seven and eight pick, so potentially I could have gotten both of those if things broke exactly my way in the rookie draft, which. It never does, and I wasn't expecting that to. But having two picks is great because you can either pick two players that may turn out to be good. And then the other thing that I was thinking is I now have two picks back-to-back -back that I can try to swing into an early-round pick, like a number three or a number four pick. Um, and that's what I was trying to do. Whoever, whoever has the three pick never responded to my, to my offer, so that didn't work out. But um, that's kind of where my mindset was at. I can either get two good players – or I can negotiate these into an earlier pick uh, in the first round. Exactly. Exactly. And I was the one that initiated again, this trade here. I had to entice Andrew um, into wanting to accept my trade. So some people might think it's a lot. I mean, I think it's fair, honestly. If, I mean, yeah, I mean, it might I benefit Andrew more, but that's where you're trying to go. I have to, I have to reach out to him to make a deal to make him respond and make him want to take my offer in the first place. Well, and, and I think we even ran this through a couple of different calculators. At least I know I did when I was, you know, weighing stuff out. And I think it, it ended up being a, a fairly balanced trade. I think it favored uh, 
it favored one of us. I think it may have favored you by like four or five percent over me. But in, in in terms of fantasy football, four or five percent on one side of the scale is yeah. as close to even as you're going to be able to get. Mm-hmm. So we I were both agree. happy. I we I think it benefited both teams, especially for where we were at at that moment. You know, our situation is a little bit different now, just because we're. Um, see, this was in what mid July, maybe late July. So we're yes. we're probably three weeks removed from this trade. So our situations are are different now, but at the moment, this was a good, fair trade that we were both happy with. Yes, absolutely. And so now I guess we're going to transition into two monster trades. Oh my gosh. This trade, oh my gosh. This trade that we're looking at right now, especially (laughs) just boggles my mind. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to give you a little bit of explanation here for this. So, um, (laughs) I'm going to let you handle yeah, this because I don't even know where to start on this. All right. So I'm, I'm going to give you guys kind of an idea of what my roster was looking like um, and yeah. what I was aiming for at this point. So my running backs, as I mentioned earlier on my roster, Christian McCaffrey, I'm gonna, just going to go over my starting roster um, for the most part. But my, my starting running backs for Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, who um, obviously Christian McCaffrey being the number one overall pick this year in most fantasy drafts, um, for redrafts, uh, Miles Sanders is a uh, early second round, I would say. My wide receivers now um, are Allen Robinson and um, DJ Moore, and uh, I had DK Metcalf at the time, which you'll find out what happened to him. Uh, my tight end is Travis Kelsey, also another second round uh, pick um, in redrafts, and then I had a flex with Robert Woods. Um, so my starting lineup was really good. Um, I would say most of my picks consisted out of a top three redraft round grade uh, type of player. Who, who um, was your starting quarterback at the time, Adam? At the time, it was Ryan Tannehill. I had drafted very, 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 very uh, position skill position um, heavy with a wide receiver and running back in my last draft, and I – uh, did not realize that there was going to be a huge run on quarterbacks um, when we were drafting our fantasy league this last year. And so I ended out with Ryan Tannehill, uh, Kirk Cousins, and I had Jared Stidham on my roster now. And so I was not confident that either of those guys were a blue chip player um, that I could rely on for years to come. And then I was also looking at where some people were taking um, – uh, players like Joe Burrow or um, even Tua Tungavailoa in the draft. I had already traded away my first round uh, pick to and my second round pick in this um, this year's fantasy draft to Andrew. Um, so I didn't probably have a chance of picking up Joe Burrow in the draft. Um, but I was realizing that, okay, I really do value having a quarterback that I can trust week in and week out. So Andrew – who is probably – who are the two quarterbacks that you would say are the two best quarterbacks right now playing fantasy-wise in football and who will be good for the next 10 years? I mean, you, you have to go with either Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and then if you want to stretch it a little bit, then the, your next tier guys I would say are maybe like a Deshaun Watson and a Dak maybe, but Mahomes and Jackson are your have to be your number one and two. Absolutely. I agree. Um, and so I actually, I think I'd sent Andrew out an offer on <laughs> both, um, 
both Dak Prescott and um, on, uh, oh my gosh. Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson. That's the other guy that you have because Andrew has both of them, the greedy punk um, on his team. absolute garbage too. Yeah, I should have I should have tried to roll it into the Allen Robinson trade. I don't know what I was thinking there, so that was definitely by bad. But after realizing that I was going to have it, to entice Andrew a lot, well. it worked out well for you. <laughs> I realized that the player that I want on my fantasy team for the next ten, nay, 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 twelve, nay, 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 fifteen, twenty years is Patrick Mahomes. And so I decided, you know what? If I'm going to get the guy that will be consistent. Uh, an MVP candidate every single year um, who plays hard, even when he has a dislocated knee. Oh my gosh. I am going to go for Patrick Mahomes. So if you folks are ready for this, I'm going to read you what I traded away to get Patrick just, Mahomes on my fantasy. Team. Just make sure you all grab like a pen and paper to write all this down okay. because you're going to get lost in about five seconds. So I traded away DK Metcalf, a very good young wide receiver. Um, and that was to get the conversation going. But then from the 2020 NFL rookie draft, um, or our fantasy rookie draft, I traded away my third round, my fourth round, my fifth round, and my sixth round pick. Uh, from the 2021 uh, fantasy rookie draft, I gave him my first round, second round, and fourth round. And then from my 2022 rookie draft, I gave him my first round, second round, and fourth round. And then I also put on top of that, $50 of free agent acquisition money that we have in our league um, so that he can pick up free agents. So Good. that sounds Garages. like a draft haul. And I'm going to explain that while that seems like a ton to give up for a player, and it really is, there is only actually one valuable pick in there that I actually two valuable picks in there that I gave away. And those two valuable picks are my 2022 first and 2022 second round picks. And let me explain why. If you guys listened to our uh, fantasy podcast last week, Andrew and I did a rookie draft. And um, after you get done with the second round of that There's rookie draft. No one available. Absolutely no one. You are absolutely throwing a javelin into the darkness at that point and hoping that you hit something. Um, so not that I suggest doing that. Don't go throwing javelins into the dark. Um, but it is an absolute crapshoot past that point um, after you get done with the second round of the draft. I'd already given my first and second round up um, to Andrew for this 2020 uh, draft. Um, so I was comfortable with that. Uh, every All those other picks beyond that, those are just roster spots that we're hoping and praying they even make their NFL roster. Um, so here's where it came in with the 2021 draft picks. Um, there's not a college football season at the moment even scheduled to play. That makes evaluating players extremely difficult for NFL teams. So next year when we're going into the actual NFL draft, you don't really know what these players are going to accomplish. There is not really a, a good metric with which to evaluate them besides what they did this past college season. So those picks to me, honestly, are going to be very, very wild and inconsistent and unreliable. So that's why I was absolutely fine with giving, around my, giving away my first, second, and fourth round pick in the 2021 draft. Um, after that, the 2022 draft, that's really where I'm paying for Patrick Mahomes is at that point. Um, but 
um, again, my team, I feel like, is very, very well poised to go into the future as long as injuries don't ravage my roster. Um, I think it's set to go into the future with Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Kelsey, and Woods. Um, those are guys that I think are probably still going to be all starting for their teams in extremely um, productive roles at that point in time. And so even my first and second round picks, I'm hoping to at least be at the very, very back half of that first round and the back half of that second round where you're still kind of getting a, eh, I guess he's okay, type players instead of the blue chip players that you would be getting at the beginning of those rounds. So that is my explanation for why I fleeced somebody for Patrick Mahomes. Maybe not so much. There was a lot that I gave away. But again, really, I see that the true cost of it comes in my 2022 draft. Yeah, I mean... And DK Metcalf. <laughs> I think that this was... <clears throat> man, you, you definitely got away with it. <clears throat> I was actually trying to make a play for Mahomes myself. Um, not because I need him, but just because I'm selfish and I wanted to hit a jackpot <laughs> later on and say like, okay, boys, I have Mahomes, Prescott, and Watson. What are you going to do now? You guys are hoes. I have the top three quarterbacks out of four. <laughs> so that's why I was making a play for him. Um, and here, here's what I offered. And one, once I tell you, you're going to realize why I didn't get it. But I'm going to also explain why I offered what I did. So I, I would have received Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and the, the team B would have received Le'Veon Bell or, or James Conner. I let him have his pick. Um, Deontay Johnson and Darius Slayton. And then my first and second round pick next year. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's absolutely nothing for Mahomes. And, and you're right, it is. But here's why I offer that. I had texted this player on the app and asked, what is your, what is your Christmas wish list? For Patrick Mahomes and he said I want a good running back or a starting running back I want young receivers and I want picks next year so that's what I gave him I offered him exactly what he wanted and then he ran off and got married with Adam behind my back amen <laughs> and I don't blame him because he got an absolute haul for Patrick Mahomes I mean, probably not as much as he thinks he did because next year's draft picks are um, worthless, I guess, is a good way to put it at the moment. Um, so um, that's, that's what happened there. And it's funny because later that same player um, sent me a trade offer for Deontay Johnson and the fifth round pick <laughs> this year. And he, I, he turned it down. He offered me um, Conley, the sixth-round pick this year. Oh, he offered me Conley, two sixth-round picks this year, and a fourth-round pick next year. And I That is trash. That is absolute trash. So then I countered and said I would take DK Metcalf in his first-round pick this year. And he got all kinds of butthurt. And I said, listen, I offered you a fair price for what you were asking for me. And you said no. So the price has gone up now. If you want this player, then you're going to have to pay extra because you, you turned down a good offer for him. Mm -hmm. But, man, you got Absolutely. Mahomes for 
basically two picks and basically <laughs> and and a rookie wide receiver or a second year yeah. receiver yeah and that, yeah and that was my goal of that the other picks i just see them honestly as roster spots i don't see them uh, they could potentially turn into something but who knows um and really honestly with all those picks that i gave up um those are roster spots that the guy that i traded them to is going to have to clear up out of his roster now um so guys that are proven that do have a track record that are still going to score whatever per game he's going to be putting them onto the free agent wire now and i can take my pick from them if i want and have somebody that i'm a little bit more excited about instead or of a he's going to pick. have to cut his rookies true yeah. he may, he, I'll may get him anyway. <laughs> he may decide that he wants to go with a dk metcalf over a cd lamb and then CD Lamb hits the waiver wires for the rest of us to fight over. Exactly. So either, well, CD Lamb hits. <laughs> yeah. I'm spending all of my FAB money on CD Lamb if he hits exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Me too. And I have more than you right now. So <laughs> you do because I gave a freaking fifty bucks for Patrick Mahomes. Dang it. Is so. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Is is this league? I, both leagues do FAB. One of them is one hundred, and the other is two hundred dollars. Oh, we have. So it's 200. No, actually, I think that mine was 500. I think I made it a ludicrous amount of money to just. Oh, did you? Get it started. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Well, but anyway, sorry, side note. If any of you guys are running a fantasy football league, do not have any other system except for the, the free agent. Yeah, the FAAB, the free agent bucks, or whatever you want to call it. Right. That is the best system I for remember, free agency. I, I convinced it. you to switch your redraft league to FAAB. You did. You were still doing waiver wires, which are just yeah. the worst oh. thing ever. Oh. Nobody likes them. Yes. So, so, yeah, that's our side note real quick. But So, I think I got an okay deal. You guys can have a different opinion for sure. But this next trade is the deal of all deals. Um, and I am excited to have Andrew share this one with you that he was able to pull off. I'm very jealous. Okay. So – Hopefully, you all remember Team B in our first trade. The guy that got uh, Cortland Sutton. He is also going to be Team B in this trade. And this trade was initiated by me. And I had to do a little bit of smoothing and sweet talking. I had to break out the silver tongue to, to get this to work. But I wanted just a stupid amount of depth at my running back position because I had just given up um, or I, I had just gotten Le'Veon Bell. I still had, I, I had, sorry, I had Le'Veon Bell. I had just received uh, James Conner a couple weeks earlier from Adam mm -hmm. and my starting running backs are Alvin Kamara and uh, either Bell or Eckler. So, you know, ser serviceable, right? Good, good people. Mm -hmm. But I wanted Barkley, and I figured, why not? I'm going to go get him, and I'm going to underpay for him. So I go, to, <laughs> I go to Barkley, and I take a glance through Team B's roster, and I'm just going to read you off some of the names that he has uh, as his, on his team. Uh, Breeze, Edelman, Godwin, Matt Ryan, Rex Burkhead, Peyton Barber, Mohamed Sanu, Larry Fitzgerald, Emmanuel Sanders. So all, 
all good players. No one is terrible. But it, it kind of reads more like a redraft league, if I'm being perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Right? These are guys who are good right now. Like Drew Brees, no one's going to question that Drew Brees is a good quarterback. But he's probably not going to be a good quarterback in five years. He's probably not even going to be in the league in five years, right? Mm-hmm. And even, even last year, he was only the 21, the 21 quarterback overall. So not, not super exciting. So I was like, hmm, it looks like this guy needs to go into rebuild mode, right? The only like, good, exciting young player on his team was Saquon, Saquon Barkley. He also has Amari Cooper, who's good and young, but not somebody who's going to you know, necessarily carry your team that far by himself. He was the number 10 receiver in PPR, whatever. So he had uh, team B had traded away his first round pick earlier in the Cortland Sutton deal. So he now no longer has a draft pick in the first round. So I hit him up, I text him and I'm just going to read you a couple snippets of this, this conversation. I say, Hey, how about this? I'll give you Barkley and I'll give you two, two backs to help replace him. Uh, one for sure starter, and then one that is on the borderline of being a starter. Uh, and then that happened to be Tevin Coleman. And then I give him a first round pick this year and a second round pick this year. And then I'll give him my number one and two pick next year. So that would mean this season, he gets three picks in the first two rounds or four picks, excuse me, four picks in the first two rounds. And then next season, he gets four picks in the first two rounds, including two first round picks. And he said, now, now Barkley's my guy this year. And I said, you know, fair enough. You, you, you can't argue with that, but you you need to rebuild because your team is old. And he's like, no, mm-hmm. once again, I have a good feeling about him. And I was like, all right, no, you know, no worries. You're just going to need, all I'm saying is you're just going to need picks to start replacing you know, these guys that are aging out. And um, the only other really young running back he had was Philip Lindsay, who's now sharing a backfield in Denver. So he's not even going to be as much of a help as you think he is. And he's like, Lindsay's going to rock it. And I was like, that's fine. You can keep Lindsay. I don't want him. So that, that seemed to be the end of it. I was like, well, he's not interested. I'm going to write up this trade, send it over to him, you know, just – just in case, why not, right? So mm-hmm. I would receive Barkley. He gets Tevin Coleman, James Conner, a first-round pick this year, second-round pick this year, uh, two second-round picks this year, and then a first and second-round pick next season. And I go to sleep because I figure there's no way that this is going to happen. There's no, no need to stay up and you know wait for a rejection letter, basically. So I go to bed and I wake up from a text from, or I wake up to a text from Adam that says, holy crap, what did you just pull off? And I go and I look and the trade had been accepted. Oh my gosh. Oh, how, 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 how. So here's the kicker about all of this is I actually had two first-round picks this year. 
So I traded him the later of my two first round picks. So I still get to pick a rookie this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. And now my running back situation is Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, and Le'Veon Bell. That is insanity, right? That's Absolutely. just that's, that's cheating mode right there. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Good uh, lord. Yeah. It it's an insane trade that I'm surprised he approved <laughs> it, especially because when I was texting him, he seemed to be not down for it. And I was okay with that. I was like, you're right. That's, I mean, all your points are good, but he, uh, he is now officially in the rebuild mode and he has some picks to help do it with. So, but I'm going to go ahead and, and clearly declare myself the winner of this trade. I will give you um, that trophy as well. <laughs> by like such an absurdly large margin that I don't even know if we can count that high. Good goodness. Yeah. That, uh, that one, I couldn't believe it even went through. I mean, I don't even know who to, you're the commissioner. I don't even know who to talk to to, to veto that thing, but <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was, that was incredible. It was fair. It was agreed to. So you know, that, but that, brings, that brings up an interesting question though, that we'll just touch on quickly as we, uh, as we wrap things up, how, how do you think that leagues should handle trades that seem to be unbalanced, even if both sides agree to it? Like what's the, what's the responsibility? I've been in leagues where everybody votes. And if, and if a team doesn't get enough votes, then the trade is vetoed. I've been in a league like the, the dynasty league that I run now where, Hey, we're all grown adults. If both parties agree to it, then, you know, yes. such, such is life. But like, I know I've also like the, uh, the leagues where the, the other league members can vote. You can run into a lot of trouble because people will downvote a trade just because it's going to hurt them as a team. And like, that's, that's the problem with that system. So what do you, what do you think is the best way to go about that, Adam? Um, I on it. So, okay. I guess if, if you perceive it as lopsided, I mean, there's been cases where it might be a little bit lopsided and I wouldn't touch it. I would say if you have a problem, you can contact your league manager to see if it's, if you, if you think it's out of bounds, here's where more of my problem would come is where somebody knows at the end of the season that they're not going to make the playoffs. They have a friend and they just dump all their good players or to that person for, trash and nothing that where where it comes across is cheating um or not really cheating but just an unfair advantage that's where i would actually have a problem but like let's say someone wanted to trade christian mccaffrey for miles Sanders, you could do that i would not i mean as a league manager i wouldn't say no to that and say you know what i mean they're both consenting adults so they uh they know what they're doing we're gonna leave it be right there if he wants to do that, he can do that. I think, um, I think the word you were looking for is collusion. If collusion, yes. If, there if we two, are. If two teams are colluding to directly beat somebody else in the finals, yes. um, that's where there's an issue. You're definitely going to run into that more in redraft than you are in dynasty. Just because Absolutely. there's no way that Adam is going to give me Christian McCaffrey so that I can win my dynasty league 
this year because <laughs> I get to keep Christian McCaffrey at the end of the year. Um, so I think the best approach is um, kind of hands off in the, in the early part of the season and then watch it much more carefully when you're coming up on your uh, trade deadline, whenever that is for your league, if you're the, yes. if you're the commissioner. But um, that being said, I don't like the vote system. I think that's, that's absolute yes. garbage. I agree. I think that people get kind of snotty on that of they don't want something to happen. It's not your business, man. It's not, it's not your team. So leave it around, leave it alone. You know? I, don't, I may not want Adam to give Christian McCaffrey to my opponent, but that doesn't mean I can downvote it because I think it's unfair. I just am selfish and don't want to play Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, again, maybe there's something that you don't see, you know, if does somebody think that, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to have an injury in the next two weeks. You don't know. So right. again, yes, I hate the downvoting of um, <laughs> other people's drafts or not drafts of their trades um, just because you're not happy with it. So. Right. Okay. Well, I, I hope this, uh, this helped you guys kind of get a glimpse into our thought processes as we, um, you know, make trades, we make moves leading up to the season. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe it helps you kind of think through your team and whether or not you're um, in a rebuild mode or if you are kind of in a, a win right now mode like Adam and I both are. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we're in a win now mode for quite a while. But yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, we'll see, man. It'll be crazy. I think it we looked and crazy. both of our teams are – averaging what do we think what do we figure it out like age 25 or something is the average player yeah. on our team so um yeah we should be good for a, a couple of years at least <laughs> yes i don't know man i know that uh i think yes uh christian mccaffrey signed his second contract but um did uh oh my gosh who who are your starting running backs again uh camara and barkley Yes. Okay. So Kamara's on his second contract, I believe. Uh, he's on um, the last yeah. year. He's on the last year of his rookie, actually. Oh, right on. So right on. He, so he doesn't have a deal worked out yet. Um, but I honestly couldn't care less about that because one, he he isn't worried about it according to uh, reporters, and second, if he doesn't re-sign with New Orleans, he is going to make bank in the free free agent market. And that is true. He's going to go to a good team. So either way I'm set after this year with Camara. Yeah. Or a team's going to absolutely utilize him where, wherever he goes, it doesn't right. matter. Even if right. he goes to a air quotes, bad team, it's still going to be a good situation for him uh, because they're going to clearly bring him in for volume. They're not going to spend money and then not use him. So anyway, yeah. So <laughs> that's exciting. Sorry to, uh, to bring up just the random <laughs> A little piece of conversation so but anyway yeah so i think that's all that we have for you guys today thanks for listening in and uh yeah if you guys have any dynasty questions or um trades that have been crazy for you guys please bring them up or send them to us we'd love to take a peek at them and tell you who won and who lost or if it's even or if it's even it's or if it's even definitely or if there. i totally would have voted against it because <laughs> i was jealous yeah, you probably get a lot of that from both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness we can't vote against the other uh, against our own trades here. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Right. Right? Well, thanks for joining me, Adam. And uh, thank you, the listeners, for, for tuning in. We appreciate it. We will see you next week. See you next week. Bye.
Bye.